It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is June 23rd, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great week. And today's episode, uh, if you can't tell from the headline, uh, or you're probably thinking from the headline, why are we focusing on Jack Eichel coming to the Bruins? or potentially coming to the Bruins down the road? Why are we focusing on something when COVID-19 is is raining over everything, ending hockey, and the Bruins might come back, the NHL might come back? Uh, why are we talking about Jack Eichel potentially coming to the Bruins uh, in a few years? Well, Connor Ryan, who was on today's show of Boston Sports Journal, uh, wrote something about that on uh, uh, this past weekend. And I felt it was fun to talk about. It's a fun topic. We certainly had a bunch of fun talking about it uh, and debating it. We both have a little bit different opinions on Eichel and uh, you know what it would take to get him and, and if it would actually be worth it. Um, and we get into that. And I think it's different. It's good to have some different discussion right now. Um, like I thought it was good to have those three weeks of prospect interviews. It's, it's fun to do something different. Uh, there isn't a ton of news right now, as you guys are fully aware of. Um, so it's fun to get into different things um, and talk about you know, one of the NHL's best potentially returning home. I uh, went to BU. He's from Chelmsford. Uh, so uh, we talked a lot about that and about what it would take to get him. Um, and then we also got into, you know, the big question right now after the news this past week that 11 NHL players uh, came down with COVID. Uh, is the NHL even going to come back? Um, is the league going to come back? Is it even going to try? Uh, can it come back? Is it safe? We get into all that, uh, which is probably going to be a reoccurring theme on <laughs> the shows from here on out. Um, next week and the week after is, you know, hey, do we actually think the NHL is going to follow through and return? So uh, we get into that. Uh, before we get into the conversation, um, there is no shortage of action going on uh, at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. It's actually very fun, and I, I'm i serious. Actually, check it out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the biznaz, baby. The biznaz. You hear it every week. They're the best in the biznaz. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today bet online your online sports book experts and best in the business so that's best in the business maybe we'll print some t-shirts best in the business maybe we'll say bruins beat best in the business everything's gonna be best in the business um and then also when most people try to lose weight they think exercise 
Whether they actually start exercising or not, the results are normally the same either way. I say the same because losing weight is all about nutrition. Nutrition, baby. It's all about the nutrition. With Awaken 180 Weight Loss, you'll receive a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight your first week and each week until after you're down to your ideal weight. During your weight loss transformation, you'll be gaining the tools to know what and how to eat so you can keep that weight off for the long term. And as always, Awaken 180 will provide you free support for life. So you join, you lose the weight, they coach you through it, and then once you're finished, they they support you free for the rest of your life, okay? They get your back. I got your back. They got your back. That's how this works. It's worked for Cedric Maxwell, Scott Zolak, Dan Ray, Kyle Draper, Andy Gresh, and thousands of others. And now it's your turn. You're up next. Call the long-term solution for weight loss and the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox, Awaken 180 Weight Loss, online at awaken180weightloss.com. I like my two sponsors right now, Bet Online and Awaken 180. Both very good things, very good things you can do now during quarantine. Uh, and so without further ado, here is my conversation. With Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Not much, man. How you doing? Doing all right. I feel like it's been, well, it's been two weeks since you were on. So you were on, uh, last week was Trags. You were two weeks ago. Not much has changed, uh, in anything. I think it's been the the case this whole summer, but yeah, not, not a lot has gone on really. On the NHL front, at least. Yeah, nothing. I mean, what's funny is, like, last year this time, nobody wanted to listen to Bruins content or read Bruins mm-hmm. content or watch Bruins content because of what happened earlier this month, uh, last year. Uh, and this year, it's like, playoffs are coming, but the I feel like the hype isn't there yet. Like, people are kind of just so wary of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, you're at the, at the pot now where, um, if there's, you know, a, a time where things are going to go haywire, you know, it's going to be now where, again, you have a few players out on the ice, but, um, where they're not kind of in a bubble situation or they're able to still kind of go out and about. Um, this is kind of when you're running, <clears throat> running that greatest risk for like outbreaks and positive tests, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later, but you know, it, you saw all the different, you know, positive tests that came out, especially on like Friday. I think it was when all that news hit. And, uh, you know, before they get to phase three, even you have to imagine there's going to be a few more days with, you know, Yanitel announcing more positive tests. So I think this is kind of the, the toughest stretch here before they really get ramped up is just seeing just how feasible it is, especially in areas that are kind of emerging as hotspots, you know, car, across the country. So. Yeah. Like how long are people going to care about, uh, us tweeting the videos of Bruins practice or, you know, John yeah, Moore yeah, skating yeah. around a cone, like <laughs> something's yeah, going to give at it, some point. It, it's only so much you can do, right? Exactly. So, um, which is why we're going to start off not talking about COVID or anything, uh, of that sort. So you had a great piece, uh, this past Sunday or yesterday, um, with NHL notebook, weighing the cost and challenges for Bruins and a potential Jack Eichel blockbuster trade. So if you don't know, uh, Jack Eichel is not too happy about being in Buffalo. He's, he's voiced that he's voiced the team needs, uh, to sort of build around him more. Um, if he wants to stay now, he's signed there for a really long time for a lot of money. It's 10 million a year. If, I, if I'm not 10 mistaken. million a year through 2025, 20, 20, 20, 26. So. <laughs> I will be. I think twenty 
six when that happens, you will be in your 30s, I think, right? I will be in my 30s, unfortunately, yeah. That is crazy. So that is a long time away, but it's going to come quick. Uh, but for Jack Eichel, it could be a lot longer if he stays in Buffalo. So um, Boston went to BU. He's from Charlestown, correct? Uh, no, uh, North Chelmsford. North Chelmsford. I'm, yeah, that, that. He's from Massachusetts. It all, it all, uh, it all blends together. He's, he's from the Commonwealth. so All the, all the same place. Um, but he's from here. He went to BU, as you know, you covered him. You, you, uh, you love BU, as everybody knows. Um, but so you pitch the, the, uh, the pitch of Eichel coming to Boston and what that would take. And there's a lot to it. And I, I want you to just kind of briefly give your argument or, or what would have to go into it to even make such a thing happen. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it was one of those pieces I put together because it's such, uh, you know, intriguing. You know, you look at, kind of similar to uh, how the Maple Leafs benefited from having a hometown guy sign. Uh, again, granted, John Tavares signing with Toronto was a free agent decision. So anytime you have a trade, especially if a guy like Eichel, um, if he ever hit the trade market, which is, again, the biggest hurdle, right, is Buffalo deciding to deal with the, deal this guy. You know, they could just, you know, they'd rather have a, a franchise center kind of and kind of wade through their issues than kind of just blow it all up and restart, right? So that's the biggest problem. But um from the Bruins' perspective, you know, it, it, it makes, you know, they'd love, they'd love to have a situation like that just because you look at the way they're built and they're built to contend, you know, now in the next couple of years. But, um, you know, if you're looking to bridge that gap, um, you know, in the coming years when Bergeron and Krejci are either gone or, or aging out, you know, a guy like Eichel is just the, the perfect replacement, right? The hometown guy who is already, you know, a top 15 player in, in the NHL right and he's again he's only 23 years old so um so again the, the biggest hurdle is just you know whether Buffalo wants to deal him um and again that might not end up being totally up to them right like I mean if they bought him out again and you look at just you know how that franchise is built and again they had another massive you know uh, firing uh, uh last week you know they fired a GM assistant GM I think like they had 21 people on their scouting staff, and now they cut it down to seven. So, I mean, it's just like a, a dumpster fire there. And I don't know how, you know, Michael, who's already frustrated, you know, he's been in the league five years now, has never gone to the, the postseason. Um, you know, I don't know how they're going to really write the ship within a year. Like, there's so many flaws with that team. Like, in the goaltending, you know, this, you know, you, you give Jeff Skinner, like, over $70 million, and he was terrible this year. Like, Bad drafting. They thought Casey Middlestat was going to be a guy that was going to be the top guy right out of the gate, rush him, and now, like, you don't really know what you have in him, right? Like, you trade Ryan O'Reilly for, you know, and he's on the dollar to St. Louis, and I think St. Louis worked out pretty well with that trade, you know, to say the least, right? So, yeah. And imagine just even having him as, like, your number two center, Brian Eichel, you're all set, right? Like, they, then they yeah. actually have a pretty – so, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do to, to right the ship next year, but, again, that, the onus would fall on. Eichel to, you know, make his, you know, his uh, displeasure pretty, pretty evident, right? Like in terms of actually requesting a trade. So that's the biggest hurdle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the Bruins perspective, you know, I think, you know, it would have to be, you know, involved with timing and, and cap management. So like, it makes sense, you know, next year in 2021, if that, if, you know, trade whispers actually started picking up because David Krejci's a free agent, makes sense that you could just swap those two guys out and all of a sudden you're, contention window expands what another 10 years right um 
but then, you know, you have to look at, you know, taking on the cap again, next off season, you have Krejci 7.25 million coming off. You have Raft 7 million uh, coming off. You probably can't sign Krug if you're thinking that far ahead, right? You know, if, which might be the case anyway this year, you, you don't really know what's going to happen with that just because of how much uncertainty is set in with this off season, both in terms of, you know, the, the cap space available plus, what a guy like Krug or any of these guys are going to do, you know, in terms of are they going to even find long-term deals? Are they going to do like a one-year deal? Like, and then beyond all of those moving pieces, right? It's about what the actual cost is going to be. And like, I tossed out like just like a baseline of what like the Bruins would probably lead with that like is pro is like not enough to get it done because I think if one, you know, Buffalo is going to trade a guy like this who's that young, who's that talented, who's under contract long-term, uh, and also have the, you know, the, the Ryan O'Reilly trade weighing over them. Like they're going to ask for a King's ransom deservedly. Right. So, you know, the very least, you know, you need probably two, you know, NHL regulars. So like a Kyle DeBrusque, I think are automatic. You'd have to put in there one or two first round picks, a uh, couple of prospects, you know, Jackson Nika couldn't crack the team next year and have a really, really strong spot. He'd be, I think an automatic guy, um, you know, like a Swayman, like a, a couple other prospects. And again, that might not not even be enough. Like Buffalo could be like, you know, we want, you know, Charlie McAvoy or something, right? Like, I mean, I go that good that they're warranted to, to ask for something like that. So from the Bruins perspective, you know, it's, it's a, a great, you know, pipe dream scenario, but you look at all the moving pieces plus the fact that there's a couple of other teams that have, you know, much deeper farm systems that could really outbid them. Like I think the team that would, that would scare me, Michael actually hit the market. You look at a team like Colorado who could use, yes. a, you know, a one-two punch behind McKinnon. And even if, you know, they don't, you know, kill McCaw is obviously untouchable at this point, right? But, like, you know, they still have um, uh, Byram. They have, uh, you know, Alex Newhook who had a fantastic freshman year. BC, his stocks jumped up. Like, they've got a lot of other pieces they can include in a deal like that. You look at uh, the Rangers who obviously have the connection with David Quinn who is his coach at BU. Their farm system's loaded. You know, Adam Fox, who is, again, I think clearly, you know, Quinn Hughes and, and McLeod kind of take the lead in the call there. But Adam Fox had a fantastic year. He'd be like a blue chip trade piece. You know, uh, Keandre Miller uh, is a guy. Um, they have that the kid from the KHL or, or from Russia that was uh, really promising. Capo Kako, like you could throw him in. He's not like, you know, an essential piece yet for that team. You know, in the coming years, they, they might be. So, um so it, it'd be a challenge, you know, it, it's a fun scenario. If the Bruins are, uh, you know, have cap space available in 2026, uh, and I close, you know, to what, 28, 29, then, then you might, you know, look at a, a John Tavares scenario. But until then, you know, it, I think it, it'd be a challenge just not only, you know, beyond just what the cost would be, which again, the Bruins have, you know, some, some young good pieces to include there, but, I don't think, you know, you're giving up a, a McAvoy or, or any of these other, you know, guys who are going to be franchise cornerstones for your team just to get a guy like Eichel, right? Like, you're still going yeah. to – the sum of the parts of the team like the Bruins, right? So Exactly. But so, to me, when I look at it, like, if you're trading for a guy like Eichel, you're sacrificing, you know, depth and future depth for yeah. the star, for that one star. And that doesn't always pan out. That doesn't always work. Obviously, it did in St. Louis, but they didn't really give – there weren't, wasn't a lot of depth yeah, given in the, other, yeah, in the other yeah. direction. No, so I mean, I, I mean the, the, like the O'Reilly trade, right? Like, if we were to quantify that with what 
Boston would give up for Eichel and it was a terrible trade like that, it'd be like Buffalo got back like a first round pick, a second round pick, Sidnika, Bakaninen, and like Vladar. You know, like that's what, yeah. what that O'Reilly return was, where it's like, okay, like we like Sidnika, we like these other guys. Than that. It might be yeah, less I'm than not, that. Yeah, I mean, no, it was, yeah. It, but I think if you if you're to get Eichel, you have to give up Sidnika. You have to give up either one or two first, as you said. Johnny Beecher's certainly in there if you only choose to give up one. Um, and then you mentioned Carlo and DeBrusque. Also, I think if you want to kind of not give up as many players, but as you said, Buffalo's going to ask for a franchise cornerstone potentially in return. McAvoy might be that guy. Like, mm-hmm. and, and the question is, is Matt would, would, would trading McAvoy be worth it to get a guy like Eichel? And it depends what you have on the back end when you make that trade. I mean, if you have, crew back there if you have Carlo you know maybe you can justify that also the other thing is the depth down the middle I mean you know if Michael were to come here you know Krejci would be gone at that point it'd be you know Bergeron on the you know the, probably the last year of his deal let's just say essentially with Eichel and then you'd have Coyle can you afford that and then once Bergeron goes it would be Eichel and Coyle because obviously Stanika wouldn't be there there's not a lot of depth after that so what worry what would worry me is you know is Eichel alone worth it to basically sacrifice my future depth and pretty much my positions everywhere else? Like, you right. know, if you're giving up Stednika and Beecher and, and, and back a nine in or, or into Brusque and Carl, I mean, those are all depth pieces and top six pieces. So it's like, you know, does that work to me? It, I would, I wouldn't want to give up the franchise cornerstone like a guy like McAvoy uh, yeah. for him. I think what you want in a perfect scenario is you mentioned Colorado and New York, you give up, you give up lottery tickets pretty much yeah. like high, high quality lottery tickets. You don't give up the, the ones you've already won um, because you, you want to compete. And I don't think Boston wants to become in some ways a Buffalo where it's like, Hey, we're going to trade all the pieces around you to get you. <laughs> and then when you right. come here, you have nothing. And, and, and obviously it's still Pasternak, you know, Marshawn as well, but, I mean, Eichel and the Bruins would be incredible. I mean, incredible to watch, to follow, to, to report on. But I just look at like the trade proposal and I look at what, you know, what I think might even have to get done for that. You know, we mentioned McAvoy. I don't know if it's worth it. I also don't, I mean, you covered him at BU. I mean, also with, with his ushering in here, you would have a guy who's making more than everybody else by far. So the, mm-hmm. now the highest paid player is the guy who just got traded here. Mm-hmm. How does that affect things? And also, you know, he's the captain in Buffalo. Would he be an assistant captain here? What is his, you know, what's his presence in the locker room like? I mean, Buffalo, I mean, it's really been a dumpster fire there. I have not seen a lot of good things about his leadership thus far. Maybe I'm missing it. You covered him in BU. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know him per- fairly well from a coverage perspective, you know, is he going to change the dynamic of the locker room? Is he going to change sort of the dynamic of that team? Is that worth it? Right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those things too, where it's, you know, you look at when, when Tavares showed up in Toronto, obviously they, you know, he was named captain earlier this year, but that was also a team that was not, not, you know, very talented, but also very young. So a guy like him who steps in at like, you know, a 28, 29 year old, whatever he was, makes sense. He, you know, Eichel, if he was to come here, I feel like, you know, uh, both in terms of Bergeron's, you know, reputation, let's say, you know, whether it's Chara or Bergeron, I think he would obviously defer to those guys. Like he would take a, maybe an A or, or something like that. But um, it's a lot of different moving dynamics though, right? Like, again, it's maybe it's a, a best case scenario where, I mean, Eichel is 
jumps into a team in Buffalo that, you know, really didn't have those free rudderless, right? And he more or less had to be a captain at that age. Like, again, you go into a more structured environment where you learn under a guy like, you know, Bergeron or Chara for two, three years, right? Then you can kind of take over the helm. So, so it's probably a better situation than they have down in Buffalo because oh yeah, you just look at what that situation has been for him. It's like, all right, well, when you've had, what, four, four head coaches or like, you know, I think it's maybe like three head coaches, two GMs since you've been a player with no playoff appearances. Like, I mean, he's like the season must just like blend together for him, right? Where it's just like the same old stuff. Like, and again, maybe they, you know, write the ship a little bit next year, but they just have so many holes in that roster, right? That like, I don't know how they're going to all of a sudden, like, you know, I, I'm not expecting like a, a miracle surge from them. Again, as is the case every year they'll have like that 10 game win streak where everyone's like, this is going to be the year. And then November out again. Yeah. It happens every single year. So again, I don't really know how that team can write the ship, but still, I, I, you know, to have a, a player of his caliber, you know, ask out, that's something you really don't see too often in, in, in the NHL. Right. So we'll see. It makes for an interesting argument, but especially from the Bruins perspective, it, you know, it, the pieces don't really fit, especially for right now and what the way this Bruins roster is really built. Yeah, and I also, I mean, I think Eichel would love to come to a situation like this where the pressure's off a little bit, doesn't have to be that main guy, as you said. It's not rudderless. There's leers already, so it's 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 more he can focus on himself and the game and and winning and and looking up to veterans instead of being the veteran. And he's you know, he's he's 23. I also think with Stadnika, giving up a guy like Stadnika, you know, his lowest potential I think is a, a serviceable second line sentiment in the NHL you know like his I would say his his bottom potential would be a guy like a Kyle Turris or someone like that I mean if that's your really low potential mm-hmm. the, the sky seems to be the limit with this kid and also he probably will be cheaper down the line potentially than a guy like Eichel so maybe he's someone you don't really want to give up because of the value you can get there and sort of how he's been indoctrinated into the system. Uh, but it's an interesting argument. I think it's very, it's, it's fun. We got to do these things now. Um, and Eichel on the Bruins would be very fun. I'd love to see what it would take on like NHL 20 to get Eichel and like what, what the yeah, trade simulator yeah, yeah. would, would that's let what, us That's what I should have done for the column is like run through the NHL 20 computer. That's usually <laughs> the final thing on most of these trades. So. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, well that's, you never know. Yeah, he doesn't really care about NHL 20, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, who knows even when NHL 21 comes out. Um, but, so, uh, we talked about Eichel and that. Uh, let's get to sort of current events, which I wish was Eichel coming to the Bruins. That would be very fun if that was a current event. Uh, definitely newsworthy. Uh, but, so, this past week uh, resulted in a lot of stuff on COVID. 11 new players test positive um, around the league the lightning completely shut down. How about that stupid video that Alex Kalorn did that is now just a total meme? Um, yep. Incredible. Incredible. It's like a Kirby enthusiasm episode. Like you gotta just put the, the theme song behind them as they're, yeah. as they're whipping down the, the canal, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to, and they like, you know, they like, they spray the Bruins and they like, I think they like yeah. knock over the Maple Leafs or something. And, uh, they didn't knock over COVID. Uh, but so nope. they have three players and two staff members, I believe, who have it. Mm-hmm. Um, these yep. are also states that have pretty much almost completely opened up. Um, yeah. You had a great tweet. It was just like, cut off Florida from the United States. Yeah. Um, a sho- a shocking. None of us could have predicted that Florida was going to completely drop the bomb. That's right. Yeah. Florida just absolutely 
botched this completely. Um, and I, and again, just like I say in everything in life, the answer is always the middle. You know, you don't have to be completely closed, but don't completely open yet. Stay right in that middle area, which we seem to be more towards the closed end. Other places seem to be a little more towards the middle. But um, And then also you have other places around the league having their issues, which makes me think, is the NHL going to actually come back? I get asked this all the time. Is the league actually going to come back this summer? With all that's happening, people fearing a second wave, Places opening up and it's, you know, trial and trial and error. Is the league going to come back with this? I mean, you know, from the NHL's perspective, it seems like they were expecting, you know, what, what we're seeing right now, where again, these are all voluntary workouts and you're having players travel to come back here. You're still, you know, a player can go on the ice, but they're still allowed to go home and, you know, go to, uh, you know, walk, you know, be out and about, right. It's not like, you know, Let's see if they get to phase four where they're pretty much going to be in a, a bubble situation, right? They haven't announced the plans of what it's going to be. You have to imagine it's probably going to be something as comprehensive as kind of what the NBA has planned for, for Florida in the next couple of weeks. But um, this is kind of going to be the, the biggest challenge, I think, is just seeing how it is. And we have more teams, especially in these hot, hotspot areas, um, shut down camps. Then you run into just the issue of like, all right, well, we want everyone to have a fix this if, these training facilities are, are shut down, you know, what, you know, how does it benefit a few of these teams that just because they're in a, a state where they, you know, didn't do anything to, to brace for this, right? Like just, are you going to penalize again, the lightning, you could blame them for the, uh, for the video they did, but like, you know, let's say the Florida Panthers were, weren't doing anything like that, but they're just in a state where that virus is running rampant, right? Like, is it their fault that, you know, they weren't like the, the state and local government weren't taking the, necessary precautions. So I think the NHL has to take a long look at this and especially with the fact that the NHLPA still has to approve, you know, they, they approved the, the official plan, but they have to approve going into each of these new phases, right? So yeah, I mean, you know, the NHL was smart, um, you know, to not name these hub cities right away, right? Let's let's just say for the sake of argument, right? They said like Vegas and like, you know, the, the the Phoenix, you know, Glendale area, right, or Scottsdale, where you know the players can go for the for this whole stretch, right? You announce that, you know, back at you know, back in May, and all of a sudden you look at it now, like, oh crap! Like the NBA has kind of gone committed to you know Disney and Orlando, but like you look at the cases down there, like gosh, you know what is this going to get? And I feel like it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, right? So, I mean, maybe the NHL reverses course and it's like, all right. <laughs> We don't have any faith in what's going on down here. Let's literally just move our stuff up to Edmonton and Vancouver and just have them isolated up there, right? Like, um, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of moving pieces with it. It seems like the news for not just the NHL, but every sport, everything in general, right? Can kind of change day, day by day. So, um, but this is going to be the toughest stretch right now because, you know, what Friday's news with, uh, the 11 players testing positive with Tampa's facility closing. Obviously, the, the Toronto Sun, I think, announced that Matthews, Austin Matthews tested positive when he was down in Arizona. Um, you're going to get more and more of those news stories come out. So it's just about making sure that, you know, these facilities stay open, that, you know, they're taking their proper protocol to make sure that, you know, these, these facilities aren't getting contaminated and more players aren't getting sick because, Again, I think if you're able to eventually get to phase four, you're, you know, the risk of the season shutting down 
drops quite a bit because it'll you know the players might not be happy but you have everyone in a bubble right it's just getting you know started here and in phase two and phase three and just working out those logistics um is going to be the biggest challenge because again the nhl and nhlpa have been pretty good with working through these things it's not like the mlb or you know you had a little bit of an issue with the nba a few weeks ago where they were concerned about like this bubble situation but these players still need to approve you know whatever they're going to say for phase three and phase four and Considering the amount of cases you're seeing now, you wonder if they are a lot more strict with what these players can do in phase three, right? Because again, it's full training camp, all these players together, you know, they're still going home afterwards, right? So, you know, we'll see how they adjust to that. Um, but, you know, it, it, my gut says that they're still kind of, you know, tr- you know, going forward with it. But, you know, if you have four or five teams that have to shut their facilities down, then you have to take a long look at it because again, all it takes is just one outbreak, and all of a sudden you have to reevaluate your whole position on it. So, yeah, I mean, I think they got to move everything to Canada, move the hub cities to Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton, you know, Toronto, whatever it might be. Um, I also think if the league is going to pursue, or is going to continue, they're going to have to be okay with seven players getting it. They're just gonna, they're gonna have to. If if you want to have a season, guys are gonna get it, especially in that phase three when they're doing the training camps, guys are going to come down with it. If you really want to come back, you're going to have to say, listen, we got to keep moving, you know, isolate those guys, have them quarantine, but we got to continue this. We're not just going to have a, a incomplete season. If they really have, if they really want to come back, they're going to just have to, to, to push through it. They're going to have to say, you know what? Screw it. We're going to keep playing. Um, and that sucks. I mean, imagine the, imagine two grass comes down with COVID. You know, imagine, uh, you know, uh, imagine Nikita Kucherov comes down with COVID. Imagine, you know, just guys who are, you know, key players to their teams. You know, Connor McDavid comes down with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, right. Drysad will be there to pick up the pieces. But, uh, you know, it, it, to me, it, it just, uh, it, it's going to affect teams. And it would be a real shame if you end up having the Stanley Cup be like Florida and Chicago uh, because yeah. – other teams, guys went down with COVID and there's somehow we're not hit by it or something. Right. Um, so it's another aspect of things they're going to have to overcome. Um, and I mean, that's sort of the, the question, you know, if the league is really serious enough about it, they're just going to have to keep pushing through. Um, and I hope, and selfishly, I hope they do. Um, and that's, again, that's extremely selfish. That's because I want to see hockey. I want to uh, have these things happen, but if it is unsafe, if guys are really getting it everywhere, and you can't, and you can't, which is um, unfortunate for everybody. It is weird to think that like this year could just be incomplete. Like the 1920 yeah. season could have just ended in March and that's it. Like yeah. the Bruins were exactly. first place president's trophy and nothing came of it, um, yep. which is an odd thing to think of. And then like, I I don't know what they will be like next year. I don't know if there'll be a season next, like this, it, it's crazy that all this happened. Um, yeah. And it all happened uh, so quickly. Uh, but so, yeah, we covered Jack Eichel. We covered the NHL, maybe, may or not returning. Um, and so, yeah, I think we covered everything, Connor. Uh, before you go, uh, I will let you plug Boston Sports Journal, even though we already kind of did with the Jack Eichel piece because it was very good. <laughs> but I'll let you uh, plug it. Yeah, again, you know, there's not a lot of whole news going on. But, uh, you know, us over at BSJ, we're still, uh, you know, struggling along, putting together a whole bunch of content um, on a daily basis. So 
I have a few things up uh, this week. I'm working on a few different things, ranking uh, trades and kind of looking, looking back at how this whole uh, cup window is kind of extended beyond what everyone thought was going to be the end once you get to like, you know, 2014, 2015. So we'll have a few uh, look backs, a few deeper dives on stuff like that, enough stuff to keep people entertained until we get more concrete news, which you'd ideally hope would probably be within the next couple of days where they had to start, you know, going to some concrete details on stuff like hub cities and stuff. So that stuff's going to be on the horizon, but uh, you know, until then we're still going to have a whole bunch of stuff over at BSJ. So um, subscribe there, you know, follow me at, uh, at Connor Ryan underscore 93, have all my stories posted there and uh, yeah, we'll keep them busy. So that's all you can do at these times, right? All you can do, keep busy and uh, keep following Bruins content, which helps all of us. Um, I keep following content in general. I think that's a good mantra to have. Hopefully we get out of this soon. I feel like I've been saying that for months though now. But uh, Connor, again, thank you so much for joining. Uh, and for Seal on this media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins be listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.